This feels like a big drop-off from the last four episodes. Not in quality of the episode, though. No, no, this is going to be even better. But yeah. in terms of the quality of person, well, not person, uh, performer <laughs> right. we are speaking of, this feels like a bit of a drop-off. Yeah, I feel like we you know, hit a nice little hot streak of importance because we had so many Undertaker <laughs> episodes to do. Yeah. Uh, so we did, I, I, we, we did three Undertakers, we had the British Bulldog, and now we have our kind of back to like this glut of random participants in a row here. Yes, and uh, this might be the, the, the biggest block of guys who have zero chance of winning any Royal Rumble. <laughs> it's definitely up there, for sure, yeah. But it's fine, because you need these guys to build a Royal Rumble, sort of. I, although all the best ones are the ones where you feel like almost anyone can win. Yeah. Yeah, just not these guys. No, no, not these guys. But, you know, we got to do it because here's the deal. When we're breaking down the episodes, it was like, hmm, do we throw one of these guys at the end of Davey? And then that becomes anticlimactic, right? Right. And, you know, as we learned, like Davey ended up having a lot <laughs> to get through. So we couldn't necessarily, um, you know, just say, oh, yeah, we'll do all that. And then just like Hawk or whatever. <laughs> so I think it, <laughs> yeah. I think the way we broke it up makes sense, especially since our next episode is going to be a heavy one guy episode. Uh, so I think it made sense to just kind of bang out this glut of guys, even though it's a lot. Uh, but one big thing is, Aaron, by the end of tonight, this episode, oh. we will be done with the 1991 Royal Rumble. So I when I was watching these ones, I made it a point to just finish 91. Because, like, normally I'll watch all of one guy, right? Like, I'll do all of uh, Bulldog, right? right? And then move on to the next guy. But in this one, I was like, I saw the, the light at the end of the tunnel of 91 mm -hmm. and was like, just just push, just push through. <laughs> just get it done. And I, I just felt a sense of relief. Mm -hmm. And and then when I started thinking about uh, 93 and 95 around the corner, a bit of dread. <laughs> Yeah, 93 is at least it'll be different for a bit. 91 we've been on for so long. Like I know. It's been a lot of episodes. Like we hit our first 91 guy. God. It was a while ago, right? Oh, it must have been in episode 1. Or uh, episode 2. Yeah, who would have been 2? Would have been uh either way. It's been Tito. a while. Tito. Yeah, Tito. Yep. So we've been in 91 for for all for almost all 24 episodes we've hit well yeah and it's that one it. where it's like even when when you see somebody that mm -hmm. like oh well this guy doesn't have a lot of runs in uh, like a guy like hercules you're like oh yep. you know you know he's got a couple of rumbles nothing big then you get to 91 and he's in there 38 minutes right right and 91 has definitely been a torture fest and that's one thing with 93 like i feel like there's not as much of that at least like yeah it's not a great rumble but there's not like seven or eight guys that are all in there over a half hour like this one had no and it, it's funny with 91 because after watching it now, different parts of it 30 times. Oh, sorry, uh, 29 since <laughs> poor Randy Savage runs away. Um, I, like there's a tendency to be like, that's the worst one. That's the right. worst one. But I think I don't think it is. I think if you're just watching it once and not focusing on guys that are in there for 30 minutes mm -hmm. doing nothing, I think it's still it's it's still fun. It's right. not a good Royal Rumble, but I don't think it's the worst. No, I, I would agree with that. I, I wouldn't have it as the worst. I think it's just you kind of know Hogan's going to win. There's not a ton of um, question around it, but I, I mean, I've always just thought it is fine. Like, 
when we did on a place to be podcast, I gave it a three and a half. So that would be toward the bottom end of a rumble grade for me. Like I think three is usually my bottom rumble. I, do, I don't usually go beyond a three. Like I, I don't know. I'd have to, I haven't watched 99 forever. I don't know what I do on that, but um, that's usually about like what I would say is a baseline rumble. Like it's hard for me to think of a rumble worse than that. So this is toward the bottom, but not at the bottom. Yeah. 99 is just like when you watch it and it's just it always just feels like it's just the biggest missed opportunity rumble right because all the pieces are there to to actually have it be great but then mm-hmm. they just don't do that which is strange anyway but we're not talking about 99 we've nope. got one two three four five six guys to get through today <laughs> we did some memorable things some less than memorable things let's dive right in now entering the royal rumble <laughs> And he gets a nice pop, Aaron, as he comes out here in 1991. At number 16, halfway through the Rumble. And he runs like a human down the aisle, too. Which he does. is, like, so different than most of the guys coming out. He does. Uh, but it's funny, because everyone just gangs up on him and beats him down <laughs> as soon as he comes in. Well, he tries to fight. It's like his strategy when he comes in is just to fight everyone. Right. And it does not go well. No. No. But then he's like Daredevil, throwing off a bunch of ninjas. <laughs> he just flips them all <laughs> off. And uh, then has a pretty good throwdown with Herc. He gets a big tussle in the corner with uh, Undertaker as well, like kind of a slugfest. Then kind of a weird bit where he actually works with Smash. Uh, they team up and, and fight Shane Douglas, which they're kind of on the very tail end of their heated feud, Demolition and Legion of Doom. Um, but I thought he commanded a good presence. Like he eliminates Jimmy Snuka here, too. Just tosses game. that murderer right out of the ring. As he should. Yeah, as he should. Um, Yeah, like. Uh, there's a couple of nice little things early. Like, he, I mean, he's just punching and clubbing, but there's a uh-huh. good energy to him, at least. Um, he gets the better of Hercules and then turns around to attack Hammer. And you see Herc, like, get angry and go after him. So right. I like that. He looks over at Tito Santana, who's hurt, so he punches him in the face. And he also gets his face, like, peeled by The Undertaker early. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, Hercules has no idea how to sell Hawk's running clothesline. <laughs> no, it's... He wants no part of it at all. Yeah. Um, and Piper even calls out. He says, Hawk's a hard hitter. And as he's doing it, he's like tossing bombs in the ring. So he pays that off. And he does keep coming back to Hercules, which I guess indirectly sets up WrestleMania 7 a little bit where they face <laughs> Power and Glory and their issues. And he does keep coming back to Undertaker as well. Like he's clearly not afraid to mix it up with any big dogs. No. And, you know, we were talking last time about um, how small Davey looked. Mm-hmm. Like, how, well, at least I was. I'm like, he's short. It's, a, it's against guys like Hawk that I yeah. find it's like, oh, like, Hawk's just a random tag guy, and he's bigger than Davey Boy Smith kind of thing. Yeah, um, but the Legion of Doom are just like a tag. No, they're yeah, like, yes, I know. They're like monsters. They're monsters. <laughs> They've been built that way. Yeah. Uh, so Animal shows up. He helps Hawk. They throw down right away with Undertaker. They hit the big double clothesline to eliminate him to a big pop, which is an awesome moment to really put over LOD as a special tag team. But then a second later, he gets attacked by Martell and Smash. And eliminated, which I thought took a little bit of the buzz out of the elevation of Undertaker that he gets thrown out right away. Well, but I guess Mark- it also saved some face for him that, like, he was coming off a big blow. And then, like, you know, it's a, such a big emotional moment that he gets caught off guard for a second and dumped by two guys. It's Martell and Herc, too. 
Oh yeah, not Smash right. But it, but that's cool because it pays off all the Hercules stuff in the match. Yes, which is a good through line for the two of them. So overall, I mean, I thought it was a nice showing. The crowd was into it. He commanded some presence, threw a lot of bombs, mixed it up with the big dogs. It was memorable. Uh, elimination with the Undertaker, you know, played a big role in the showing. So I, I thought this was pretty solid for him. Yeah, me too. And even his elimination, like you said, it kind of saved face. But it's because he was posing. Right. Like he grabbed the ropes and did like the tongue out and they just ran up and hit him from behind. So yeah. he, he did get to save some face. So it was interesting. Like and, and the matchups were interesting. Hawk's one of those guys that like you always wondered, like, could he have had a singles run and would it have worked? Yeah. I mean, you think back to his stuff with random stuff with Flair and whatnot. Uh, it, it was probably there. Like, I mean, they did try it a couple of times. Like, I think it's like 93 WCW. He's in as a solo a little bit. And even like he goes to ECW for a little bit. I just... I think he just had too many issues post like 91, 92 to really be relied upon as a solo yeah. guy. I think the time may have been at the tail end of their run in NWA, like if he stuck around in 89. But um, do you think that like the because like he he's so iconic as a road warrior, like that, like because he didn't change. Not that I'd want him to change his look or, or anything, but like it, it's almost like he almost couldn't be a, a singles guy as that character without tweaking something. Yeah. I mean, I think you can point to Scott Steiner as like the biggest example too. Right. right? Because like as a Scott Steiner, Steiner brother, it never seemed to really be in the cards for him. But then when he dramatically overhauled his look and felt like a brand new person, it worked. Um, now his look as a Steiner brother wasn't as iconic as a Legion of doom. So right. uh, I don't know, but if you think of it, like I think Brett is probably the only one to really, is he like one of the few people that had a same look pretty much as a tag team and then into a solo? Because even the rockers like Sean had to dramatically change to make it work. Um, and I, I understand these aren't really a, as iconic looks as the Legion of Doom. So it's not as dramatic. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I definitely think that probably played part of a role. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I thought that he was he was presented well in here. Like he's presented as a big deal. They get to toss out The Undertaker. Uh, those mm -hmm. of you joining us for the first time, we rank these in three categories. Presentation, work rate slash creativity and effectiveness. Um, I'm at a three for presentation. I thought they presented him well. I thought he they talked him up. Um, he looked solid and strong and had a decent showing. Yeah, I went three as well. All the same reasons. I mean, they're not tag champions yet, but you can tell they're probably the best team in the promotion. Um, at least one 1A with the Hart Foundation at this point. Uh, and then, um, yeah, I think he's treated as such. And the fact that they get to eliminate The Undertaker is obviously a big deal. Yeah. Um, I'm at a two for creativity. I thought he had a good run, but it was just a lot of clubbing. He didn't really do anything um, that really made him stand out in any way, but also didn't do anything bad. I thought it was a fine outing, which is why I'm at a two. Yeah, I went through. Yeah, I just I liked some of the big bombs he threw. The elimination on the taker uh, was well done with the double clothesline. I liked when he came in hot and just kind of you don't see that a lot. Guys just get in there and just go after everyone and they get piled up on. You know, that yeah. still came out of it. I liked how he kept going back with Hercules. I gave a little through line that, and then Herc ends up tossing him out. So I thought there was like at least some levels of thoughtfulness that went into his run versus just a guy coming in, fighting a bunch and getting thrown out. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Those are just like, mm -hmm. again, I'm always just a little bit below you, right? Um, mm. Oh, hey, oh, uh, I'm at a two for effectiveness, uh, six minutes and a half, two eliminations. It's a good showing, but just not quite long enough. But he did make an impact, which is why he gets bumped up to a two. I went with a three here as well. I, I just think the Undertaker elimination was so cool uh, that it was worth a, a bump in point for me, uh, especially since it's memorable. 
it's, you know, Undertaker had just debuted. You kind of wonder, like, who's going to actually take this guy out? And it was such a big moment in pop and blow. It's honestly probably outside of, like, Martell going out and Hogan winning. It could be, like, the third hottest pop of the match, probably. Yeah, maybe. And Undertaker was on a tear. Like, you just, you know, walk through guys all through that match until they come in and take him out. So it was it was effective. It took out, like, one of the biggest threats. Yeah, I'm I'm on board. I'm on board with that. So that lands him with a total of 16 points. All right, let's uh, do the new system because there's a little big tie here. Is okay. he is he better than the Big Boss Man from 1989? Mm, no. What about Axe from 1990? Maybe. I don't know. Axe from 90s got he's got they have the Andre elimination. It's the same thing, right? They take out Andre. And he's in there more. Okay, yeah, no. Yeah. Mr. Perfect, 1991. Mm. Who's after Perfect? Bret Hart, 1990. I'd, I'd probably have him above Bret in 90. Yeah, that feels right. <sighs> I mean, I guess below Perfect. Yeah. That's what I would do. Okay, so that lands Hawk from 1991 as the 70th. <laughs> greatest Royal Rumble appearance of all time. But that's not bad for a, a tag guy who's only got no. one run. Yeah. Bit sad because I, I would have liked to see more of Hawk. I guess I would have liked to see more of Hawk in life too. True. I feel like he's one of those guys that every time they were hot and running, like they just vanish again. Yeah. Happens a bunch throughout both promotions in and out. Like even 96, they show up in WCW. They're not there that long. I guess, surprisingly enough, one of the longest runs is that Dirty Effort turn is almost two years. So just about two years because they show up in February 97 and they leave right around 15. So we're doing a non. Are they the greatest tag team of all time? Everything considered. I've never felt that way, but I just didn't grow up as like a big NWA Road Warrior guy. Yeah, because I have a buddy who like, you know was a wrestling fan when he was younger, but then kind of stopped and whatever. Mm-hmm. And to him, when I was, we're, t- we're doing the GWWE tag teams to him, it was like a no brainer. The road warriors were right. best. And, but, and I remember thinking like not in WWF, but then even when I branch out to everything else, like, I mean, they're, they're probably, they probably finish super high. But like, I don't know. They, they, it's almost like they don't stick around anywhere long enough to like really make that big impact. Unless you're talking about early NWA. Right. Yeah. It just never were my favorites. Like, I always liked them. And I got it. I just never. Yeah, there's just other teams I'd rather watch, for sure. Like, I'd, I'd much prefer the Steiners over them. Oh, it's yeah. It's, like, not even a question for me. Especially after watching the Steiners <laughs> in brief ECW uh, dalliance as well in 96. Um, 95, 96, which was really, really fun. So, yeah, I would I would have the Steiners, for sure, above them. Personally, I'd have the Rockers. I'd have the Hardy Boys, the Uso. Like, there's a bunch of teams I'd have above them, personally, just right. to watch. Makes sense. All right, well, that closes the Quebecers. You got a lot. You got a lot ahead of them. The new age outlaws. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Demolition. New day. Strike force. Yeah, probably new day. Islanders for sure. Mm Mhm. Not Haku Solo though. Oh, what about the Conquistadors? (laughs) Which ones? Uh, Both. Two different sets above. Uno's and Dosis. Now entering the Royal Rumble.
Were you surprised that Shane Douglas popped up in Royal Rumble? No. Because I, so because I was so into the WWF magazines at the time and watching live at the time, I, I it's like they I remember them doing features on him. Right. It's like here's this new youngster. So when he did show up, then it was like, oh cool, this guy's gonna be a big deal in the WWF. I mean, yeah. honestly, like I think he would have been. He just leaves because his dad gets sick, right? Like I think they probably would have eventually pushed him. It will use them pretty well. I mean, he fills in for Sean when uh, he gets hurt during the late fall. So obviously he thought well enough of him to put him with Gennetti as one of their top teams. He's in the rumble here. He gets a really long run. And I, I bet he would have been primed to like at least a decent run for a little bit. I don't know if he would have gotten to IC level anytime soon because of the guys that were there, like perfect yeah. Brett Bulldog. And there's some big hitters there, but I think he's someone that would have had some staying power if, uh, if he had stuck around now, historically, was it better for him to go? Cause he ends up refining his character and probably becoming a bigger name. I, I, I don't know how, how much more successful he was via ECW financially, but he, uh, at the very least probably is more renowned renowned via that path versus if he just stays here, but well, maybe he doesn't want to follow the click. Yeah. It just depends on how hard they push him. Right. Right. Like, I mean, if they push him well and hard, I mean, maybe he becomes a bigger star as this, like, like top baby face, right? Maybe. I mean, like, I, I struggle to see where he would fit into the rest of 91. That's my issue. It's like such a jammed logjam time. Uh, I think he would have had to make his foothold in the 90 more when it was thinner. Uh, right. it, because then it doesn't thin out again for a bit, you know, like, honestly, you know, him coming back in 95 was the time to do it. He just pissed off the click and had the even the gimmick like i think yeah. it was okay if they didn't go as as in up on it um the outfit he wore in the ring right if he had just a normal outfit and they just made they played up his smarts um they should just let him be the franchise it just wasn't the time honestly he would have been better off coming in late 96 as like the franchise versus yeah versus this uh because he probably would have just fit in better he just talked too much shit in ecw i think he just pissed off too many people like all the crap he talked about everyone all that time and then by the time he goes to WCW, he's just got nothing left in 99. No, he can't even get the city straight when he's talking about the revolution. Right. Yeah. He's Saginaw, like, Michigan. <laughs> he's just completely cooked by that point. But I will say his ECW 96 stuff, which we talk about every other Thursday on Extreme Three-Way Dance here on North-South, uh, has been excellent. Like he is on fire and super enjoyable in this post. You could tell he was trying to prove a point when he comes back from WF and rejoins w, uh, ECW 96. Like he is just on fire in the ring. He's ripped, uh, cutting these awesome promos. Like you could tell he was trying to make a point that they fucked up by letting him go because he just is on a tear right now. Those are the best show. runs. Those are the best runs of guys when they've got a yep. chip on their shoulder. You know, what would have been the best in 91 is if they push him, push him, push him. And then flair comes in and then, they drop right. him. Flair. <laughs> right, Flair, yeah, take them, beats him, pissed him off even more. Imagine so how much coming better in, 96, his 96 run would have been. Right, even more anger. Uh, but he was already pissed at Flair because uh, uh, he does go to WCW after this, before ECW. Um, and he feels like Flair kind of held him back there. That's when he's teaming with Steamboat and all that stuff, too. So he's got more runs in the big stage than you would think because he had the dynamic dudes before this. Yeah. Uh, and then he has this. Then he's got the Steamboat tag title run, which is pretty big. Then ECW, then back to WF, then ECW, then back to WCW. Like so, you know, and even TNA pops up for a while. So he's just one of those guys. It's like what, like, like 
it's like he's he's pretty ubiquitous, but then it's like, how is he not bigger? Right. And I guess yeah. it's what you said. It's just he pissed everybody off. Right. Just too many skeletons. <laughs> it's too much baggage. Uh, but he comes in at 17 here and doesn't get much reaction, but he's got some energy. Like he goes right at Smash. He's got a fun little flirt with Martell, and the crowd kind of gets fired up for him. And then from there, it's just kind of the same. So it's a lot of strikes. Deals with Martell. He actually goes to Undertaker, which kind of earns him some respect, but Taker just throws him hard down to the mat to get him off him. Yeah, I, I mean, he number one, he sprints to the ring, like sprints. And Gorilla d- describes him as a tremendous youngster. Right. That's some high praise. And I I love how you mentioned he went right after Smash because he did. Mm-hmm. But right away, Smash starts beating him down. Could right. Barry Darso have given him a little bit more before <laughs> ending it? Yeah. I think I think Barry Darso knew his Smash days were numbered and he was angry about it, is my guess. Um, yeah, it was clear uh, demolition was on there. Last legs, but it was around this time, by the way, at Madison Square Garden. I think it was shortly either before or after this. He's got that match where he does the awesome uh, tope over the top. I have the gift somewhere that I tweeted a couple of years out, but it's it's an amazing bump that he takes where he tries a plancha basically over the top <laughs> rope to the floor, just fucking collapses on his ass. Well, he's the wrong guy to be doing that shit. 100. <laughs> percent I don't know what the hell he was thinking or why he would try it, but um, I gotta get noticed so I don't end up being a criminal. Yeah, it was right around this time. I'm trying to see. Uh, it was LOD Demolition, January 91. Uh, they fight on, at MSG. It was a one-star match, but the highlight was his attempt at a plancha over the top rope. It was the one star for the plancha? Yes, 100%. It's an awesome uh, spot. I love that Douglas teams with Tito to nail Martel. And as I was watching, I'm like, oh, Douglas Martel could have been a fun little feud. Yeah, I think there's guys in here he could have worked with. Um, this... We said in 91, 92 are the two biggest what if years that they had with pay-per-view in that summer. Like, I, I think there's so much gets lost and missed. Like a guy like him, maybe could have had a little mini feud into there because they don't even have Saturday's mid event really by that point either. So this is just like nothing. It's such an empty time. Uh, those summers of 91, 92, you could tell that they really needed something. Yeah. But also like everybody's so married at that point too. It's like, like I say, like okay, he could have fought Martel, but Martel's married with Jake, right? Like so maybe. Well, that's gone and major yeah. though. So yeah. and then he's got nothing, right? So like that could have maybe been a cool feud, you know? Maybe Shane kind of mocks Martel on Superstars after Mania or something, uh, and then they they fight at the Summer Pay Per View. Haha, uh-huh, you lost to a blind guy. Right, loser, big dope. So like maybe something like that. A but, weird anyway. blind guy who likes snakes. <laughs> He dangles for a bit as Hammer's trying to shove him out. Him and Hammer work over Martel. He gets some nice punches on Hercules, but Herc takes him down and beats the shit out of him, which is wild. So, again, yeah. maybe it's a little bit of dues earning from guys like Herc and Smash. Like 30 like, straight punches. Like, yeah, he just beats the shit out of him. And it's, like, super pronounced. Like, you could, it's hard to miss. Yeah, like, there's, so, yeah, right before that, too, like, he fights Valentine. And this is, I, I saw him, like, he fights Valentine. And Valentine chops the shit out of him. And I feel like this is where he should have been thrown out. Right. Because he does nothing of note after. He also turns on Tito for some reason. And it's like, dude, like you need some friends. Tito will befriend literally every, anyone in the promotion. <laughs> right. And he'll work his ass off to defend you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, a good, he's a good, loyal guy. <laughs> it's a tough one to turn on. And the only the, – from this point on and even in the early part, the only time the announcers mention him – is when they're listing off who's in there. Right. Like, oh, who's in there still? All right, Martel, Santana, Douglas. That's the only time he's mentioned. He didn't get talked about at all. He does like working with Hammer, though. Like, he always seems to end up with him double-teaming double, double teaming guys. Um, yeah. Quake catches him and beats on him. 
that was a big spot for him. So we just get these little spots where he's like fighting the big dudes in the match. Then we do get a fun little mini match, I thought, with him and Perfect, which I thought was cool. Um, and it felt like, again, like he was earning dues, going toe-to-toe with the studs. But he really looked exhausted by this point. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, he's also gra- – there's a point where he grabs Perfect, but no one helps. Right. So I guess this is where the rejection of him started. Like, is it this early? In- <laughs> <laughs> I feel like here it was, like, trying to rib the new guy more than, like, we don't like you type of thing. But maybe right. he was already grading people. Uh, he does almost eliminate Martel. He can't finish him. He's moving no. and moving. He's trying. He's just not accomplishing much. There the is only... one point where Gorilla does put him over, though. It gives him some shine toward the end. Oh, yeah. He's been in there a while. Um, the only person who does – I think it's funny. The only person who does help him and treat him with respect is Hulk Hogan. Yes. Like the only guy who ever accepted him in the WWF was Hulk freaking Hogan. Well, Hogan just needs another guy to turn on. So he was trying to just line him up to be a friend that he can screw over in a future Rumble. My <laughs> My my big one of my big problems with this run is that I, you know, going in, we, we have a spreadsheet where we know, like, who's who eliminates him and how long he's been in there and stuff. Right. So I know who's eliminating him. And then every time a guy who came out who isn't the guy who eliminates him, I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> yes. Come on. When is he coming? When is this guy going out? It really dragged. I always try and do the math to see how much time is left. I'm like, okay, he came in 17th and he yeah. lasts 30 minutes. We're at number, you know, like whatever. It's like always trying to figure out the how fucking close are we to the end? Because yeah, it's not like just a singles match where it's easy to say, oh, how much more is on this match? Okay, it's 13 minutes and we got five minutes left. It's, but with the rumbles, it's it's a lot more <laughs> calculation to figure out uh, where we're left. So he he almost gets Martell out. He can't finish him. He, but he's moving. He's moving. Uh, Gorilla knows that he's hanging in. He's impressed by him. He eventually gets chucked by knobs off camera. So we don't even get off camera. Yeah. yeah. But the Gorilla does uh, put him over after getting eliminated again. And he says the crowd gave him a motivation, which I didn't pick up on, but maybe a little smattering as he walked out. So. Maybe, maybe there's just some guys behind Gorilla. Right. Like just the clap. Yeah. But I mean, this is fine. He had good energy. He was always in the mix. I thought Gorilla gave him some props. Uh, he didn't eliminate anyone, but it felt like a scrappy rookie getting, you know, tossed in a solid game. Like maybe came up for AAA for a spot start in, in August and <laughs> goes six and two thirds with a couple runs or something. You know, but it really gives him some innings. And like, that's what it felt like. He's like, all right, here's this youngster. We're going to throw him into the fire. And, you know, he lasted a while and gave it his all comes up short. So but he does go 26 minutes. So, again, an endemic problem in this match. I feel like, you know, I was left feeling like Shane Douglas stole 26 minutes of my life. Yeah, you really don't like it. Like. Well, I, I didn't not like him. It's just it could have not happened. Right. And it wouldn't have changed anything. Now, I don't necessarily blame him. Like, it's not really his fault. He's mm-hmm. never in there with less than 10 guys. Right. In the ring. Like, again, so it's like, what can he really do? Um, but it's insane to me that he lasts until everyone's in the match. Right. Like Number 30 comes in and he's still in there. So it's like, I guess he's a potential winner. <laughs> It's just That's a problem right. with the match structure in 91 overall. Like, we've we've really hammered at home, but it's like there's just too many guys that last too long to give like it was, any room to breathe. Like, was Pat Patterson going through a bad breakup? And, like, <laughs> this is, like, the result of it? Like, no, you got to keep I just a, feel like maybe they thought there wasn't enough star power to carry it, like, threats. So they figure if they just had a full ring, Hogan could clean house and be, or Quake and feel more impressive, maybe. Like, because outside of Hogan and Quake, one Savage no-show was, like, who are the real threats to win the match? Taker? Like, there's good guys in there, like Brett and stuff, but... Perfect. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, he's not going to win. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, there's really no one... Martel! 
he ain't winning either. Like th- that was best case scenario for him. Bulldog, maybe like you're talking maybe f- like two legit one, maybe with Taker and then a couple like long shots and perfect I, and Bulldog. I'm curious if that's the modern lens speaking there, because like at this yeah. point I, we had had four rumbles, Duggan won one and Big John Stud won one. Right. So like, it's not like it's, yeah. the, I mean, it could have been, you could have given it to a guy like Martel or, or because the title shot wasn't on the line yet too. Right. So it just felt like it had, I think once 90 hit, it felt like once Hogan wins one to me, win all of them. It, well, not all of them, but it feels like it evolves past just like a novelty. Imagine, imagine how sad the crowd is going home. If Slaughter wins the title and Martel who blinded Jake wins the rumble. <laughs> Right. Uh. Yeah, I, I would say Bulldog was the only guy that maybe in that stud Duggan mold that could have like snuck in and won, got the big win coming off his return. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe Herc, maybe they finally reward Hercules. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Instead, they just torture him for 40 minutes. Uh, look, I, I feel that this is a guy, Douglas in 91, as much as like he did get talked about a little, really <laughs> got lost in the shuffle. And, you know, they, it, it seems like they barely care even when he's tossed out by knobs after 26 minutes. So I'm at a one for presentation. Yeah, I had it at two, but I throttled down to a one after we talked it through. So <clears> same. Throat> same. Throat> yeah. All right. Uh, I'm at a one for work rate. I, I just think he didn't do enough to, like, make it interesting. I gave him the two. I feel like he at least scrapped and hung around. I like that he went after the big guys. Like, he could have just let the fight come to him, but he kept bringing the fight, which I always kind of reward in these. If it's someone that's aggressive and goes at guys, like he went at Taker, he went at Quake. He he had something that he kept going back to. So I gave him the little little extra love on this one. I gave him the two in creativity. That's nice of you. Uh, I gave him one for effectiveness, but it's just because he lasted 26 minutes. Yeah, same. All right, so that gives him a total of seven. I can't believe we talked this long about Shane Douglas, but that's mm-hmm. all right. All right, he's got some ties, obviously. He's tied with Ted DiBiase from 19... Oh, well, let's just go. Ted DiBiase, 1992. Uh, God. That's a tricky one because DiBiase does nothing in 92, but I think he plays a big role in getting Bulldog over yeah. to start that run. All right, Ultimate Warrior, 1988. I mean, how can we put him ahead of Warrior? <laughs> Probably not. No. And Warrior's only in there four minutes. Yeah. Butch Reed, 88. <laughs> I mean, whatever. <laughs> I guess. But next is Martel, 93. And I don't want to put him ahead of Rick Martel, 1993. Okay. Below. Jake Roberts, 97. Below. Janetti, 90. Below. 1988. See, Sam Houston in 88 lasts 14 minutes, so I feel like this is a comparable. Yeah, let's put him above a head, Sam Houston. Okay. okay. He fell fast. He fell fast and hard. Well, Gennetti and, like, DiBiase, like, those are important roles. Like, the early spot to get the Rumble match churning. Like, Gennetti takes that big bump. He helps DiBiase get established. Like, to me, that's way more accomplishing to the story of the match than, like, what Shane does here. Yes, uh, Shane does. Like you literally could have taken him out. He could have been the no show, and it wouldn't have changed the match in any way, shape, or form. Correct. Correct. Except for maybe building some of his anger later on. Right. You you could argue he should have been zeros, but I think he at least worked hard, (laughs) so we gave him some some credit. Okay with giving him some. Uh, So that lands Shane Douglas 1991 as the 139th (laughs) best 
Royal Rumble appearance of all time. I Dick explained George the project. ranked me so low on the franchise. <laughs> I'll show him. Uh, yeah, I explained this project to my wife, and she just kind of shook her head and left the room. <laughs> Sounds right. Yeah, I do the same uh, thing. But you, but you never shake your head and leave the room when you're listening to the North South Connection podcast network, right? No, tell me why. In tell fact, you why. put your you put, ain't nothing but there's no heartache either. You put the earbuds in and you listen because there's stuff dropping every single day uh, from shows that chronicle the dying days of WCW with Johnny C and Ryan Gray to uh, Jenny Smith, you and me talking about TNA to uh, the Cowboy and Logan talking about movies based on wrestlers or, or based on wrestling. To every, After every single pay-per-view, Marcus and Tim bringing it to tell us whether to watch or not. Jordan Duncan and Steve Willie talking about uh, – Andrew Reese. Andrew Reese. Excuse me. Why did I mix them up? Excuse me, Andrew. That was not on purpose if you listen. Um, Jordan Duncan and Andrew Reese talking to AEW. Stuff dropping every single day. Wrestling pop culture. Uh, brought to you with a, from a bunch of people who are just passionate fans who really uh, go above and beyond to put the work in to make these to make each and every show feel a little bit special. So it's totally everything on the network is worth your time, and I hope you'll consider giving it a shot. Mm-hmm. As we wrap up 2021, definitely want to give a big thanks to everyone who's uh, checked this out, listened to us, and uh, all the creators as well that have put all their time and effort into generating this content so consistently and so dedicated and putting a lot of effort and time and care into it. No one ever mails in any of these episodes. No. They're always um, well done. They're thought out. They're well thought out, thoughtful, and um you even feel it, Aaron, when people have to not like skip one or cancel for like personal reasons or whatever. Yeah. Uh, like it's always like with a heartfelt message. It's never just like a, oh, sorry, not gonna do it this time. You know what I mean? Like it's always, hey, I'm sorry. Like here's what's going on. You know, like because everyone really enjoys doing it and it comes through in all the content. So if you want to give us a Christmas gift, it would be to share the feed around, uh, rate it, review it to help us get even more people listening. Yeah. Or you could also send cash. Well, that too. I mean, that's Darren. all. Just so Just we're make clear, sure convert it's, it. it's yeah, please convert it. It's always welcome. Uh, no, but really, like it, it's a, it's a really great group to be a part of, and um, yep. uh, you know, above the shows and everything, the friendships that have been built too are wonderful, and all that good stuff, and getting all you know fuzzy inside talking about it. Now entering the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Road Warrior Animal. It was at this point in the research that I started to feel tired. Like, I was like, okay, all right, here we go. Like, <laughs> well, this it, is it, where you screw up because you watch them all individually, whereas I just watch it in one stretch. That's just because I care so much. Mm, mm. Know what I mean? Care about being stupid. Yeah, I, I do care about being stupid because you have to care about that. Um, I, I, like Again, like it's like it's nothing against Animal. I like him. Uh, me and my childhood friend, Jason Casimir, we called ourselves the LOD at a point, And I was Animal because I like the spider paint. I have nothing against this dude. But, was he the inspiration for the Led Zeppelin song? Uh, yes, he was. He was. Okay, very good. He was a small child that they befriended and possibly <laughs> romanced. And here we are. Did it. Uh, 
Da, da, da. You know, I didn't I didn't know. Did you experience that song for the first time as a Led Zeppelin song? No, it was uh, Puff Daddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. From Godzilla. Godzilla. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever heard the um, uh, the Green Day song with the Godzilla edit? Uh, I'm having trouble trying to sleep. Dun-dun, dun-dun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. yes. The, again, I grew up thinking that song like had dinosaur screams in it because of the goddamn <laughs> right, right. Godzilla sound, which I've never seen in that film. No, me neither. Yeah. In fact, my one of my sons last year, this year, uh, was going through a phase where we watched all the new Godzillas and like the Godzillas and the King Kongs. And um, he's like, do you want to watch this one? And I'm like, hmm. To this day, I'm still not really on board. Is Puff in the movie? And does he like yell as the dinosaur's coming, screaming at it? <laughs> Man, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> I I would have never imagined Puff Daddy as a good actor, but he is far and away the best part of Get Him to the Greek. Oh yeah, he's awesome in that movie. He's so fucking good in that movie. Yeah. Throw the phone out of my office, please. <laughs> please don't throw the phone. <laughs> yeah, what a great right. surprise that was. <laughs> All right, so Animal, yeah, he comes in at, uh, where the fuck is he at? 19 uh, here in 91. A big pop for him, just like Hawk got, and he goes right at Hawk, and that's they eliminate Taker, like, right away. Like, that's the first thing he does. Some of these, I I love that some of these tag guys get, like, a bit of an artificial pop. Not not that he, anything about Animal's artificial, but they get boosted a bit because you can tell they're coming in to fight with their partner or help their partner. Right. Right, you could tell he's coming to say make the save, and yes, you're right. I think he, I think in this case he probably gets one anyway, based on Hawk uh, getting yeah. one. So, but it was a cool moment. I, I think one of the best, honestly, uh, and puts him over huge, like we talked about. Animal brings good energy. Uh, you know, Hawk gets tossed, so Animal picks up his fight with Hercules. They battle a lot, kind of takes up the torch. Then he he deals with Demolition before kind of fading to the background. Right uh, away, which I thought he did more than Hawk did. Not not as much presence as Hawk. So maybe that speaks to your thoughts that Hawk could have been the singles guy. Yeah, I think Hawk just had a bit more energy. I love, too, on the on the Undertaker entrance uh, elimination that Smash keeps trying to interfere and Animal has to keep shoving him away. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we're doing this now. Uh, but you're right. Like, I don't feel Animal had that, like, raw charisma that Hawk had. It's kind of like the Anvil, Rick Steiner, Gennady of these, right? I guess, but all of those other guys had more charisma than animal like i mean neidhart had more charisma at the start for sure right, right? and and i would argue that rick steiner was... yeah i think steiner's the most charismatic of those i just mentioned yeah like i think he's the one who could have had his own singles run the most successfully out of everyone i mentioned well he also had it before right yeah Rick he did was right. a single but even team. after i meant like after the team became after he became so synonymous with the team i guess yeah i mean although he his run his singles run in late wcw is probably my most hated of any um tag wrestler singles run that we just talked about right where he's like the tv champion if you don't laugh uh, like me bite me like i always hated those segments maybe they've aged well and i'd like them now but I remember the time thinking, fuck, this is lame. Why do you think Animal painted spiders on his face? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I was going to make an arachnophobia joke, but that came out after he was already doing it. 
Yeah, I don't know why he was known as spiders. Made us like Halloween a lot as a kid. <laughs> Imagine he just paints a ghost face. <laughs> yes, a pumpkin. <laughs> a pumpkin. This witch's broom on my face is here for a reason. It's like everyone else, it's like these cool designs, and animals are cool designs too, but no one incorporates animals into their face painting the way, anim- the way he does. Right. And right. I feel if anybody did, they would be mocked. Like if you came out with your face painted like a tiger stripes, you probably wouldn't be taken well, seriously. Well, Coco used to kind of put the little macaw beak on him on the side of his head. Yeah, but Coco sucked. How dare you? Well, I mean, he was good, but I mean, no one's taking you seriously when you're Coco Beware dancing like a bird, right? Mm. All right, we get a fun spot where Animal catches Martel coming off the top. He catches him in a bear hog, but doesn't really go anywhere. Nobody's gets some weak strikes. Uh, you know, he's always kind of keeping a roving eye around. He does go right at Earthquake when he comes in, but Quake just ducks and tosses him. So, yeah. whatever. This is like one big moment and nothing else going on. No, although Piper's really excited a lot. Like, this animal at one point uh, catches uh, Martel in the bear hug. And um, Piper goes, does it look like there's any friends in there? I don't know why he felt the need to bring that up there. Um, who is more of a bear, Martel or Animal? Animal. I guess, eh? Definitely. If Martel grew his beard in, though. No, he's not big enough. I guess. Um, but Do yeah, you nothing. Cuddle in with Martel? No. I feel like, I, I guess it's because I've only ever seen Martel with so much oil on his body, but I just imagine he's always constantly slick. Mm. Like, I, you wouldn't be able to cuddle him. You'd slide right off. Yeah. But yes, it's not a lot of anything. Although I did like the velocity animal has on the exit. Yes, yes, he takes a good bump. Yeah. And at first, um, I was really gonna knock him on the creativity part, but I, I really liked the standing up to earthquake and the elimination. This is what I liked a lot about everyone tonight. Like thinking back, you had Hawk, you had Shane animal like all have at least brought the fight to the big guys in the match whether it's quake or taker uh even if it costs them in the end they're not hiding or like just being lazy in the ring which is always a big part of the criteria i have for talking about these these uh appearances yeah i would agree i would agree with that um that being said i think he's just like uh, he's presented a little bit weaker than hawk which is why i'm at a two for presentation yeah, I went with a not. Uh, yeah, I went with the two as well. I agree. I, I think he isn't talked about as highly. He doesn't get as much time, and part of that's on him. He kind of shine, you know, shines back a little bit and doesn't do as much. Um, sure. But yeah, Hawk definitely feel like the bigger star. Yeah, for sure. Uh, work rate, I'm at a two. I, 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 I was again. I was going to be at a one, but then I was like, oh, I really like that elimination, and I like the the standing up to Quake. So I'm at a two. Yeah, I gave him a one. Um, the the taker thing was big. The quake was fine, whatever. But honestly, other than that, it's like six minutes of just standing around. Yeah. And and I'm at a two for effectiveness. He's in the same there amount of time as Hawk does kind of the same things. So I'm about the same for him. Yep. Me like well. I didn't I didn't leave the match thinking like Hawk was a bigger star than Animal or he was more important. No, no, I don't think so at all. So that gives him a total score of 11. Now, is he better then Akeem from no, forget it. Akeem 1989, no. No way. The big boss man from 1999. Uh, probably not. Certainly not Danny Davis from 1988. No, it's our fave. Established. Um, Texas Tornado 92. 
No, we like Tornado 92. Yeah. Red Rooster 1989. You yep. liked Red Rooster 89, so we can keep there. Brutus Beefcake 89. <laughs> We uh God, Beefcake was so frustrating. Eighty nine, but he's yeah. more memorable, probably. Yeah. Then Greg Valentine, ninety two. Ahead of him. Only thing Valentine does in ninety two is that uh, figure four spot. Yeah, but the the taker elimination should give some something here. Oh yeah, yeah. That's why I said the only thing he does. Right. All right. So that lands Animal from nineteen ninety one. As the 103rd best Royal Rumble appearance of all time. And we're done with Animal. Nope. Nope. <sighs> nope. He enters in 19 again in 2006, 15 years later. Uh, he had a shocking return the year before when he teamed up with Heinenreich to become the new Legion of Doom with yeah. the SmackDown tag team titles. Um, pretty funny. He's the same exact slot as 91. Like, I always wonder, like, did they look back at that or is this like a real random coincidence? Right. I, I feel like they don't put any thought in it. I feel like they don't put any thought into it. Right. Not at, at least all. not for him. Not for Animal. This uh, this yeah. whole run is a, a goddamn disgrace. The I, Legion, you weren't a fan of them bastardizing the Legion of Dooms? Uh, no, no. Even, even though we didn't declare them the greatest tag team of all time. Like, just what? what why is this happening? It's completely unnecessary. It's just because John Laurinaitis is there. Of all the guys that we have talked about in this thing, I feel like no one has less of a chance of winning than Animal in 2006. Right. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Like Nikolai Volkov has more of a chance in 1992 than Animal has in 2006. Uh, I mean, well, he was coming off a tag title run. I guess. And I love that as soon as he gets into Eminem, jump him and Michael Cole goes longtime rivals. <laughs> well, they kind of were, I guess. But like, that's if you're like, you're not looking at time as anything remotely long. <laughs> I guess. I mean, they've been feuding since what, July. So long time. Six. I mean, in Dodi modern times, like six months is forever. I guess. <laughs> so definitely uh, could feel that way. But I mean, yeah, it, it, I didn't never minded the run that much. Like, I kind of get what they were going for to try and use him. They probably could have done it without making them the Legion of Doom and just saying Animal's like a well-versed tag guy and like, give him a new name. Yeah. But then they do try to do like the angry heel thing as well. Is that like kind of here, right? Is he doing that here or is he still LOD? He's still LOD. Yeah. So I, I forget when the heel thing. I feel like it's right after this. He kind of does like the angry. They do that a lot in, in 06. Like Tatanka does it. Um, then Finley ends up doing it and he kind of sticks around with it, but they try with like multiple guys to do like this angry veteran pissed off guy. Wasn't that Bob Hawley's whole career? Yeah. And even he's around still at that point. Like it's weird. Like they just, they kept doing it with different guys. Um, you know, it's going to work. <laughs> we bring in an old guy and make him angry. Cause I'm old and I'm angry. <laughs> The uh, he does have the rare neon green shoulder pads here. Anyway, yeah, Awful. gets a little spotlight. Hits a big power slam. Gets an elbow on Triple H, and the camera yeah. follows him. But that power slam is like so sad. It's so slow and so oh, it looks. Left. Yeah, it's so dangerous. His punches are just finished. Like he misses uh, Trevor Murdoch by a mile, who still sells the punches. 
I don't know. Like, I feel like it all gets summed up and like, like, I feel like when I'm watching him in this match, he should have been eliminated three times, but couldn't get over the ropes. Right. Like Van Damme clotheslines him and he, it's almost like he goes to fall over, but then he falls. Then Van Damme kicks him and he can't go over. Like, I feel like he was supposed to go out, but couldn't manage it. And then he stands around and waits for something to do. He's so gassed. I mean, he's just so gassed. He's got nothing. Yeah, he just waits by the ropes until RVD comes and tries to knock him over. And then he finally charges and gets dumped. Like, I thought it started well within the first seconds, but man, it fell apart. Like, so gassed, the botched elimination. All it was is really a cool pop and a few seconds of fun. But other than that, not much else. Yeah, I mean, he's gassed after two minutes. Right. Like, yeah, I found it was shameful. Um, <laughs> I don't look. I'm zeros across the board here. I gave him a one for presentation just because he like gets that pop and was kind of a cool nostalgia thing. Uh, but that's it. I did have a one for creativity. I don't know why I changed it to a zero. So this gives him a oh, one you, across the board. You brought it down to zero, All right? Yeah. Um. I, I don't know. I feel just very sad. I found like if, if this is the only time in our in our project that I'm like, can I give a negative one for work rate? Mm. Like because I just thought like he exposed the business and he ended up kind of looking like shit too during right. it. Yeah, it's so it's a weird run. He, they should have just done the hide and right thing and then he leaves. Like I don't know why they tried to make him work as a heel guy. I think he even teams with Tatanka at one point, doesn't he? Or something like there's something with this angry old veteran thing, but. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't know. It was just a mess. Now, with Animal, like, I always was a bit uh, sad that they never used Def Leppard's song, Animal, mm. as his entrance. Mm. I feel like this would have been a good opportunity to break that out. Right. Anyway, Animal uh, gets one point, <laughs> and he's the only person with a score of one. No way. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's the only one with a wow, score that's of one. wild. Yeah. Out of uh, so far 184, he's the only guy okay. to have a unique well, score at this point. So <laughs> there you go. Score got me. Yeah. Uh, that puts him as the 174th best Royal Rumble appearance of all time. OK. <sighs> all right. Well, close the book on the Legion of Doom. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like it's too bad we didn't get more prime LOD in the rubble because it feels like they could have been uh, a helpful part of a couple of these things. Yeah, 92, I think, could have been good. I think they could have used him in 92. Yeah, for like, sure. Like, really even... We've talked about some of those, like, bums in there toward the end, like Skinner and whatever else. Like, imagine Hawk and Animal in there instead of Skinner and Mustafa. Yeah. Late sure. match. Going toe-to-toe with Sid, their tag team partner, or their supposed tag team partner from the Survivor Series. <laughs> yes, yep. Yeah, it's like there's some guys that just feel really suited to the event, and both of them seem that way. Um, I think they were just sadly part of, at least in their prime, they were part of a rumble where they weren't really able to shine at all. And by, and oh, it's funny, 06 is also not a great rumble that he's part of. Not that I think he could have made it better, but, you know. Right. Well, now on to better guys. Now entering the Royal Rumble.
how much I was dreading doing 1991 Crush. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I was never at how I don't want to do this project anymore level, but it took me a lot of, like, revving myself up to, like, okay, all right, we got to, like, all right, this is going to be crap, but we're going to do it. It's And it's it's not even, like, it's that long, but it just feels like one of these useless runs. Yeah, and I mean, Demolition was such at the end of their rope at this point. I think that's part of it. Like, it just feels like... If you just think it was, like, four months earlier, they were defending the tag titles of SummerSlam 90 in, like, this awesome moment, and they just feel so dead in the water by this point. Yeah. And, I mean, look, you can tell right away, because when he runs out, Crush, he gets zero reaction. Right. He comes in at 20 and helps Smash beat up Bulldog, but just, yeah, they just don't care. Like, as soon as Axe left and he was in... SummerSlam was really the, the end. I mean, they, they have a little bump with, like, the LOD warrior stuff in the fall, but yeah. by Survivor Series, like, it's it. When Axe leaves, like, it's, you just know, like, they've got nothing in the tank. And they're presented as such. They don't really make them seem, like, even threats. No. At all. And Crush, to me, I mean, especially Crush, really felt like the death knell of the, of the team. I would... I think they could have done it well if they presented it better. If they didn't do the Freebird shit and they made it like Axe was going to move into more of an advisor role and they were bringing Crush along and presenting him more as a killer. Instead, he just becomes the fall guy. You know, like yeah. the green dumbass like that loses the title. Like, they don't build him as a threat. I think that's the problem. But it's that's the presentation kind of, of Crush. But that's kind of what he was, too. Like, he, he wasn't – he was green. Oh, right. But they don't make it part of the story that they're going to... They just try and make it like he's good. Um, and But he loses all this. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, they should have made the story like, hey, you know, we could be more dangerous if we had some more youth and power on the team. What can we do to do that? Let's bring this guy in and bring him up and show vi- vignettes of them training him. And Axe is going to, like, kind of step into the Mickey role for Rocky. Like, like something like that, right, where he's going to be the advisor because we could be even more dangerous this way with Axe's brain. Uh, we saw how Fuji did with us. We can do it even better. Like, give us some depth to the story, and maybe it works, right? Versus, like, yeah. just putting him out there and pretending he's just as good as them is never going to be believable. Because our brother Crush. Yes, our younger brother. <laughs> would, um, what would Axe have worn as a manager? Would he, would he still have the paint? Would he be in Mr. Fuji's old suit with the hat and the cane? Like, what? Well, what is crush? What does Axe as a manager look like here? I know I'd probably just keep him in the paint, almost like the assassin used to be. Like, remember when he managed, uh, or Mr. Wrestling? Who was it that managed uh, in like mid '90s WCW? I don't know. Then they do so like he'd always wear the mask still, but he had like the suit on. So like, because oh, yeah, he could wear suit. like a okay. like a little suit, not a like. Like an open collar, like open collar T-shirt with like a suit, but like with the paint on, you know? Yeah. I mean, you can't have him outside the ring in that S&M gear, right? No. No, this would make it more believable if they're like, hey, Axe has been around. You can even do an injury angle. Like, so he's not just feel like he's old. You know what I mean? Like, have like someone break his arm or whatever. And so they bring Crush in to, while he's healing and then just kind of naturally transition him into an advisor role. Yeah. And then you can even have like the fake injury if you want. Yeah, like just make him like Bobby and all these other guys that transition from a in-ring competitor to a manager and just have him manage Smash and Crush. And then you keep the legacy there. You have a story versus just trying to do a straight replacement that no one was ever going to buy. 
But I just don't think they gave a shit enough by this point about demolition. Yeah, they're like, we have the LOD now. <laughs> so, uh, Crush comes in, and number one, that mullet is spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, does nothing very early. Um, gets lifted by Davy. Uh, walks around. I don't know. Like, there's a nice moment where like Hacksaw headbutts him, and uh, sorry, he had Hacksaw headbutts Smash. And Smash just kind of turns around right into Crush's loving arms. Yeah, I mean, there was one I liked where he beckons Animal, too, and they collide and claw at each other. Not that that was okay. It was okay. Like, I, I, as I was watching this, I was like, how is it possible that he and Smash are not able to eliminate anyone? Right. That's like not they, just how pathetic they are as a team. <laughs> like, they can't throw Shane Douglas? No, they can't accomplish anything. They're worthless. They're worthless. After they... After Axies and Survivor Series, they are presented as completely worthless. Like, they do nothing of note, ever. No. Just ever. And Smash hangs around until the very end um, of, like, 91 almost in that gimmick until he becomes Rebo Man. Like, he's into the summer as Smash and just does nothing. Right. I, look, as I'm watching Crush, like, I just keep losing sight of him. At one point, Hogan, like, when Hogan comes in and he murders Smash, Crush does nothing. Right. Like he, he, he just he literally just stands there and watches like do something yeah. that looks like you're 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 incapacitated in some way that you can't help your partner fight the, the biggest star in the company who's going to destroy him. Right. Right. Then, then he ties up with Hogan with none of the intensity of smash. Like did crush kill demolition? I just think they didn't prep him to be crush well enough. Right. I, I'm not absolving him fully. I just think it was a poor attempt. This should have ended demolition. <laughs> right. You know, just have Axe. Axe could still wrestle at least probably. Have Smash you a bunch of single shit that summer if he's starting to get hurt. But and or just have him lose at SummerSlam and that's it. Just have him disappear. I really like your idea of having Axe as a uh, manager. Yeah, I think that could have been the way to go and just make Crush more. Just give depth to why he's green and instead of just pretending he's not. Like that's right. They kind of say here and there as the others, right? I mean, they kind of say it now and then. Like I think it's the SummerSlam. They say Brett even says like the more inexperienced guy, or they do say it a couple times, but they don't really ever push it as a story. Um, He lands a hard shot to Shane, sticks with him. Uh, Bulldog (laughs) saves Hogan when Crush is battling on him. Anvil and Crush go at it. There's a lot of meandering, kind of ebbs to whoever comes his way. He eventually makes a big mistake. He mounts Hogan in the corner and Hogan dumps. It almost felt like a suicide mission because Crush was tired. <laughs> like, I'm done. So I'm just going to do this that I know is not going to work. Um, and he gets thrown out. So fine for a couple of cool spots. He gets a nice showing in the books, but didn't accomplish like anything. He just stood around mostly. I don't know. Like, he also ruins Hogan's pounding Perfect's head into like each turnbuckle. And this fucking oaf shows up and ruins it. I mean, Hogan has no regard for his body also on the elimination. Like, he basically dumps no, him he, on the yeah. stairs. No. Yeah. Not fair less. Uh, yeah, I, I am not into this run at all. Uh, I'm at a zero for presentation. I don't know. I gave him a one because at least they was Demolition, the name. He's with Smash. Whatever. But he's ruining the name. <laughs> I'm going to downgrade creativity to a one as we talk through it. That's probably a smart move. Um, yeah, I'm at a zero for creativity. 
I didn't mind a couple of the double teams with Smash, at least. Then the uh, Bulldog jumping on the back. Look, I-, I threw a pity point for effectiveness for staying in there that long, just so I don't have them at all zeros. Right. But, um, yeah, Nothing. I was... I- I was not impressed with this run no. at all. Um, so that lands him the score of three. That ties him with Luke from 1989. Uh, uh, below. Coco 1990. Below. Yep. Warlord 1989 for two seconds. Below. Yeah. Uh, Shawn Michaels, 1990, for 12 seconds, below. Yep. Greg Valentine, 1994. Here's a good comparable. Valentine's in there longer. Yeah, I guess above. That that Valentine is rough. Yeah. Mind you, so was this, but whatever. All right, so that lands Crush from 1991 as the 159th best Rumble appearance of all time. Okay. Well, let's see how he does in 1994, where he comes in 13th, and he's fully in his evil Hawaiian crush uh, story here. He had turned a macho man in the fall, and they've been warring since. So he's really at the peak of his heel powers here. Uh, I think fully this is probably the most of a threat he's ever been in this company, and that includes like DOA and all that to come and the nation. But I think this is where he felt like the most potential where he could like break out into something um this i would say like right right before doink killed his heat as a face and then this are his two peak times uh and he walks right into the savage buzzsaw like macho just knifes right through him with a flurry uh crush feeding into him to keep the story raging and then diesel helps him they work together and they actually double up and eliminate savage um together which i'm so i was at the show live obviously and it was i remember being shocked that savage went out so quick and I like this rumble a lot, but one of its big flaws is they do take out their big faces like a lot and really Mm -hmm. rely on all the monster heels to control the match and carry it. And they don't really focus on Savage getting thrown out either. Like it's during an entrance. They just pick them up and dump them. I know it's not much fanfare. It's odd. It's so strange. It's such a strange thing. And and, and it's not only that. It's like what I liked about the early part with with uh, Savage, too, is that like clearly Crush came in with like purpose and had a storyline going on also. So that kind of almost makes it more egregious that they would just kind of toss him nondescriptly. It was odd. And 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 they're keeping this yeah, for it to be such a big feud. Like it's not like it was just the end of the feud. Like they're gonna fight a mania. Yeah, it was just odd. It was just weird. Yeah, and, and you're right, because this this whole sequence here, because the next person in is Doink. Who like comes in and laughs at them, and so right. they all destroy just like because they all start fighting the heels. So yeah. they decide to stop and destroy Doink, and then Doink does ten seconds of bullshit. Right. And, and Vince is like, "Who's next?" Yeah, it's just <laughs> I don't know. It's just weird. The 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 I, again, I like this Rumble match a lot, but this little middle section where it's and Savage just could have lasted another ten minutes and like carried this helped carry this match more until like Brett and Sean, you know all that stuff happens. Um. At least the joint crushing called back to the feud when he squirts crushing the eyes. It was kind of funny. Uh, but it was kind of a rare moment. Like, we had Bigelow, Crush, and Diesel in the ring in all three hosses just fight. Like, that's – we haven't really had that in a rumble so far with three big heels just throwing down with, like, no faces in the ring. So in a lot of ways, that's I found that kind of interesting. Yeah, it was, like, kind of historic. 
Yeah, and, and it's really like the three biggest heels in the company at that point, like besides Yokozuna, like in terms of size and yeah, I would agree with girth. That. Yeah, um, but I do like that he and Diesel like hold the ropes for Bam Bam Bigelow to come in and murder Doink. Right, they're just like, yeah, we will watch you kill this clown. And they yeah, had already we... worked together earlier in the night. I think all three of these guys were out there for the Undertaker death. Oh yes, well the whole the whole heel roster. <laughs> yes. Double J was helping the Undertaker death for Christ's sake. Like, he even does that stupid jumping fist off the middle rope in the middle of that yeah, thing. Like that's gonna hurt the Undertaker. <laughs> I'll finish him off, guys. <laughs> I wish he would have gotten like right up after it. <laughs> Sell everything else, but right up. So Crush ends up with Bigelow. Then they work together against Mabel. Um, yeah. He's almost tossed out, but he hangs on. Then he almost knocks out Bigelow. It was kind of a cool sequence. Like he hangs on, slides back in, and yeah. then almost takes out Bigelow. Uh, I, I could certainly deal without Vince saying crush is crushed in the corner. <laughs> yes. Uh, he said worse. Uh, he is part of the gang that eliminates diesel, which ends his surprising reign of terror in the match. Uh, yeah. And then he kind of works around the ring from there. A lot of big strikes, whoever crosses at one point, he walks with his fist cocked guarding the ropes, which I thought was cool. Uh, that always pops me when these guys have like that presence around the ring in these matches where they're like backed against the ropes. I want to make sure no one sneaks up behind them ready to fight. Yeah, I like that, too. And immediately, like, these little details and the way they're presenting him, he feels like way more of a contender here than in 1991. Right. 1991 was nothing, right? Oh, yeah, not at all. Yeah. He also jumps on Mabel's eyes while Mabel's down. Kind of a dirty move there. Mm -hmm. And gets tied up with Michaels, uh, reigniting their 1993 feud. Yes, which is cool, too. I feel like that's a consistent through line with him. He's got the Savage feud. They call back to the Doink feud. They call back to the Sean feud. Like, it's it's kind of cool seeing him in there dealing with the rivals. And Crush almost press slams him out, but Sean hangs on. Uh, he gangs, uh, joins the gang to toss Mabel and then goes back to working whoever's around him. I feel like Crush is going to throw Michaels out. He's not just going to drop him on the ropes like Right. Baby. He wants to. Yeah. Sean rakes the eyes, right? Yeah. I like that. Um now, it's around this point that I started noticing something that I thought was – that ended up bothering me a bit. And it's – again, I don't think it's his fault at all. Um, so he – they start talking about um, everyone's longevity um, and except his. Like they keep bringing up uh, Bam Bam being in there a long time and someone else. I forget who now. But they never mention Crush as being part of the longevity guys here. And I found it such a strange thing because at that point, Crush had been in there the longest. Mm -hmm. And I wonder why Vince and company did that. Like why did they stop focusing on him kind of mid-match? Yeah. I think there's so much is going on with Luger. When Luger comes out, you know, Crush chokes at him and there will be another feud to come between yeah. them. Tries to sh uh, shove out Hammer, and he has slowed up a little bit here. He keeps ending up with Bigelow, which is kind of a cool through line because you don't usually get the two heels. Yeah. You coming back to each other. Uh, Brett hobbles out, and Crush goes right at him. He's a good plan. He kind of chokes and clubs at him. We go right up to the knee, which I like. Yes, yes. Punching his knee. I mean, it's probably not the best strategy to <laughs> to punch a knee, but but yes, it's it, at least it plays into the storyline of what Brett's going through. Right. And then he almost presses him up, but Luger saves some more stupidity from Luger. <laughs> we talked about in the past. Uh, he ends up in a dog pile on the ropes with Bigelow again, and Luger forces him out, which is a cool elimination. I thought, again, everyone's exhausted and crammed in the corner, and he's just the one that gets shoved out. And it sets it up because Luger and Crush would have issues later in the year. So, yeah, um, I thought this is fine. He started hot. 
did some good stuff. He stayed aggressive, showed ring of awareness, keeps his back to the ropes. He's stalking around. We got progression with Savage, had the cool heel monster segment. This is a very solid showing for Crush. 25 minutes, too. He's in there a while. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I was, But I found myself like, a little disappointed by it. Because I, as much as I liked it, like I thought, like okay, this is his moment now. Like right. better or worse, whatever you want to say about the, the state of the company, that he's like one of the top heels. But he is one of the top heels. Mm-hmm. And I guess I just expected a bit more focus put on him than was in the match. Right. I, but I think that's endemic of the entire match. Like outside of Diesel, I feel like it's like Brett and Sean and Luger are the only focused on. Like everyone else is just kind of there. Well, I like guess Vince comes- is constantly talking about the concept of the Rumble, like more than focusing on the guys in the Rumble. And maybe that's just a shift from how Gorilla would approach things, but it feels like he's not zeroed Rumble, in right? on talking about specific guys. Yeah, this is Vince's first Rumble, right? Did he do 80? I think he did 88, but yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah but no one knew how to do that shit then, right? right. Um, yeah, I guess I just like even like so like he's he's caught up with Michaels at one point and they're going on and on about Sean's stamina. But Crush has right. been in there longer. Like it just it feels like a strange strategy for that. All that to say, because of that, I'm at a two for presentation. I was veering three, but then I was like, fuck, why aren't they focusing on him at all? So that's why I, I dropped three, it down to a two. I went three. I mean, he's in there a long time. He is focused on as one of the big monster heels in that segment. He does dominate Savage pretty much. Like He's presented pretty strong. Like if they didn't care about him, Savage Fighters would have dumped him and moved on. Uh, but he is going to be, you know, top three from the, you know, match of Mania. So. Right. I'm at a two for work and creativity. I thought he did well. I liked the little bit of guarding the ropes. I, I thought he did well. Yep. I went two as well. In terms of effectiveness, I'm at a three. This is where I was kind of like, okay, he got to dump Savage. He's in there a long time. Um, I thought it was a good showing. And I really, I don't want to undersell the heel stuff. Like, that's something like you would that, never yeah. really seen in the Rumble, like having these three big heels in there alone with no faces just going down, thrown down. We had not really had that until this point. I don't know if we ever have it again, honestly. Like, it may be one of the few times. Yeah, no, I, I buy that. All right, that gives him a score of 15. And let's see who he ties. Is he better? Smash 1989. Man, that's a tough one. Probably not. No. One Man Gang, 1988. Mm, the suffix gang makes the finals, but it's close. Yeah. And he's like the big heel at the end. He eliminates the most guys. Yeah, probably not. Martel, 89. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Uh, I think maybe. Better then? Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Next I think so. Been... I like this run. I, I thought Crush looked good. Yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. Next would have been John Studd from 89. Yeah, that's fine. So, yeah, I think this is a good spot, good spot for him. Um, I'd much rather watch this than Stud uh, all day. Yeah, no kidding. Stud's only that high because he won. Yeah, but I will say it is 25 minutes, which, but whatever. Yeah, but, it, like, a lot of it, he is active. It's not till the end where he slows down. Like, I never felt, and maybe it's because we hadn't watched 94 a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah it's all fresh. So, <laughs> yeah, that could have helped. Like, if he has the same run 91, like, it may feel different, but uh, right. we'll see. All right, so let's go forward a year. Uh, crush just, uh, just, December. It does land him at 79. Okay, there you go. Yeah. All right, let's go forward a year to 1995. Crush comes in at 30 now. He's actually been gone for a few months. He had been around till around SummerSlam, feuding with Lex. And then I think that's when he had some legal issues started to crop up. So he left. He, 
and he comes back here, I think, just for this match. Like, I don't think he hangs around after this. And then that's when he goes, he gets arrested. Um, and he doesn't come back until late 90 summer 96 when he comes back as the ex-con crush. Yeah. Vince, so, as soon as he comes out, Vince wants to know what is going to happen. Yes. He's going to, and Vince says he's going to do it. He says, Crush is going to clear the ring and go to WrestleMania. And he does start high. He dumps both the guns, smoking yep. guns right away. He goes right to Luger with a big punch, his old rival. Uh, he gets ganged down by Bulldog and Adam Bomb, which is smart. Uh, and then he waits for Sean to stop Murdoch's elimination before going to him instead of making a save uh, like Lex did. So I like that. <laughs> he's not helping guys. Yeah. So I think he's using some of his uh, strategy that he's learned here early on. I agree. Um, he's also looking very orange here. Like way more orange than he's ever looked, I find. Yes. And we also get the explosion of Chronic for a large part of this Yes, match. we do. Tim and Adam Bomb. Tim and Adam Bomb. <laughs> Pre-explosion. So they had and, then, so then Vince starts talking about him being Hawaiian, right? But mm. isn't, isn't he Japanese by this point? No, no. He, they never didn't say he was Hawaiian. They just said he was like a sympathizer. Oh, he's just a sympathizer. He's like Sergeant Slaughter? Yes. They never said he was Japanese. He was always from Hawaii, but sympathized with Mr. Fuji and Yokozuna. The um, plight of the Japanese people. He did, Well, he felt bad about Pearl Harbor, or maybe not. I guess They liked, attacked. He, what do you mean they feel bad about? He liked Pearl Harbor. Uh, he tries to shove out Bulldog and then dumps Adam Bomb in the big statement, which is a nice elimination. And I, I think them bringing Crush back spoke to like how they felt they knew they needed like at least another name, big guy for this match because they didn't have much because he does stand out here as like a potential threat um, because this is not a lot. So like outside of Luger, Bulldog and Sean, like he may be the next <laughs> next guy uh, once Owen and Backlund are tossed out. Well, you don't believe for a second that he will win, but no. he's an actual star sort of. Right. So um, Bomb runs at him and gets back dropped out. And Vince goes, that's unfortunate. <laughs> Vince always shit down Adam Bomb. Uh, yeah. Him and DiBiase do it in '94, and then it happens here. Like Adam Bomb may end up was one of the most wasteful, pathetic Rumble participants ever. <laughs> Even though he he was going to win the '94 Royal Rumble, according he's to he's going to win the Royal Rumble. Adam Bomb's going to go to WrestleMania. <laughs> uh, he almost throws out Fatu, but Fatu hangs on and Crush takes some nice strikes. Then he murders Fatu and throws him out easily. Yeah, uh, which is kind of cool. It's kind of a cool moment because he gets fired up like after it. He like kind of does the the little hook up and he's all into it. Uh, but then he goes right back to Bulldog, and he makes the final four. It's him and Sean against Luger and Bulldog. They team up. Crush powers out Luger. One last strike against uh, Lex. So yep, kind final of a, three. <laughs> kind of a pathetic elimination for Luger, too, to have Crush throw him out. Uh, Sean suckers him in. They work together against Bulldog, which is a, a potential fatal slip-up for him because he has been good at Rumble strategy. Like It's been one of his through lines that he knows his how to work the Rumble. He doesn't press slam guys back in the ring. He always tries to throw them out. He yeah. works to his back against the ropes. He doesn't save guys. He actually works like smart rumble matches. And this was a mistake by him. Um, so they double a bulldog, but then maybe it wasn't a mistake because he turns on Sean. So he's yeah. the one that ended up baiting Sean in. It almost throws him out. But Sean and Bulldog work together and, and double clothesline him to end him. So again, like I thought this was a pretty stout effort. Uh, one of the rare guys to come in late and look dominant, right? He comes in 30 and has a great showing, which yeah. isn't always something. Throws out five guys and makes the final three. Uh, you know, not a lot in dispersed, but you get some cool blips like with Fatu. I thought this was strong. Like he doesn't make the final two, comes out 30 and does a lot. Yeah, I remember like when I saw 30 and then he lasted nine minutes, I couldn't believe that 
the match lasted nine minutes after the number 30 because this match is so quick. But yeah, I, I like this. Like he's presented so much better, I find, than the year before in 94. Yes. And because mm-hmm. they talked him up as a threat the whole time. Right. Um, I'm at a three. Not as much there, you know. Yeah. I'm at a three for presentation, which is a, a bump up Me from too. the year before. Me too. And I think I, but I think that becomes because the field is so weak. They had to lean on him. Whereas okay. 94, there's a lot more guys to focus on. Yeah. And I mean, even the heels, like he's even in the match. I mean, you can make an argument. He's like, a, he's not as important as Bam Bam, you know, like, right. which sounds kind of, and, and even diesel really at that point. Uh, I'm also at a three for creativity. I like this run a lot. I thought he was way more energetic too than the year before. Yeah. I, I mean, he only goes nine minutes, which helps. Uh, but he's at the end. Like it's we don't have a lot of guys that come in 30, go nine minutes and don't win. Like so, so they give him they give him some time to show off. So I went three as well. I thought he had some good stuff in here. Yeah, and I'm at a three for effectiveness last nine minutes. But he throws out five guys. I thought he did more with less time, which is the story of a lot of guys. But um, I was pleasantly surprised by this run because I'm not high on 95 at all. Well, you gave him the same as 94. So if you thought he did more, should it bump up? What in terms of uh, effectiveness? Effectiveness. You said he did more with less time. Well, I guess when I say more, I don't just mean effectiveness. Mm-hmm. I mean more in terms of work mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I gave him a four. I think throwing out five guys, he, he added some needed credibility to the end of that match. Um, and I thought he played his, his well. He was presented well. I just thought he did his role really well. A rare 30th entrant to get a lot done. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I, th- I, th- I, was, I was pleasantly surprised by the run. That gives him a total of 19 points, which ties him. Okay, so is he better than Mr. Perfect 2002? Uh, I mean, I think he probably is in a way, but I think perfect is way more memorable. Like yeah. everyone, when you think, oh, two, you definitely think of like perfect. Yeah. Uh, Dusty 1990. I may say yes. I liked Dusty in 90 with the, uh, who's next? I like Dusty in 90 more. Uh, Arn Anderson, yeah. 89, which I also liked. Shit. Who's after Arn? Savage 94. That's it. I think I'd have him above Savage. Okay, I think that's fair. Because Savage, even when we talked about it last time, felt like a bit of a disappointment. Right. Like he could have been <laughs> you think you have him below Arn? Yeah, Arn was really interesting. He's got all the stuff with Hogan. They got the cool elimination of, uh, I think it's Michaels. Yeah, okay. Like for me, it's not a slight of crush. It's more like mm-hmm. I thought Anderson was good. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that lands Crush the 56th best appearance of all time. <clears throat> okay. But we're not done with Crush. One more. 1997. He's back again. Number one this time. He's part of the Nation of Domination at this point. He had just returned, like I said, in the fall-ish, late summer 96. Quickly became ensconced with the Nation. We get a cool entrance because he's fully with them. So we get the full theme. We get the rap from PG-13. No, they, well, they don't rap. Oh, that's right. That's right. They don't. They just stalk Which, out. But he's but got the why? whole crew, though, right? Yeah. But like, why? Oh, no, because didn't they get murdered earlier in the night? But they're fine. They're dancing around. They got their fists in the air. Oh, Clarence yeah. Mason is screaming. You're right. They did get killed. But didn't they rap? They used to rap for Savio. They can't rap for Crush? No, they did rap for Crush. Just not here. They always did. Every time they came out, they'd rap. Um, did Crush look dirty to you as this criminal? <laughs> I think it's just the grace, the gray vest. Maybe. I just feel like that vest was in prison with him. Right. And the tattoo. Oh, yeah. And the face. Ugh. Yeah. Um, but he goes right at Ahmed. Uh, Ahmed's number two. 
So nice yell, nice reaction too when he sees that Ahmed's number two. Right. He's like ready to go. Do you think uh, it was like a real yell because he was worried about being injured? <laughs> Possible. He's like, let me just get it out of here, please. Oh, but it made sense because th- this has been one of the hottest feuds of the stretch. Yep. So you play off that. And they have a little scrap. They roll on the mat. They're clawing. They're punching. Well, uh, Vince Crush calls has- that a street brawl. Right. Yes, it's a street brawl. And then uh, at one point right after that, Ahmed is like in a referee's position and kind of starts convulsing, like almost twerking, and Crush just backs off. He's like, I don't want none of this shit. No thanks. Yeah. Uh, he has a lot of alone time with Ahmed until uh, Razor Moan comes in. The fake Razor Moan comes in at three. He gets eliminated quickly. Um, Ahmed almost dumps him, but he hangs on. And then Ahmed sees Farouk come out, and he chases Farouk off and eliminates himself, which is that rule that changes based on the match. Uh, this year accounts that he eliminates himself and crushes solo. I think you could add crush dump him from behind maybe to mean a little bit more like for distracts him, but whatever. Yeah. Why not? You could uh, just Phineas take Ahmed from behind after his yeah. alone time with Ahmed. Right. <laughs> take some, take some harm from behind. <laughs> Phineas comes out, crush mothers on the mat. It's more punching. Out comes Austin. Uh, and Phineas dumps crush, which is disappointing. <laughs> uh, giving the vaunted crush strategy that we've seen throughout the other rumbles. We see none of that here. It's he not much. He has, yeah. He just has a scrap with Ahmed. A bunch of punch and kick, low energy, just not good. He just can't handle Phineas punching him with his, like, fist in his sleeve. Right, he just and, out. And it's twice that, like, like it's like he just gets with Ahmed and he gets with Phineas and they roll around on the ground and are, like, kind of almost humping. Like, it's like, fuck, prison changed this man. I'm at a one for presentation. Uh, yeah, same. One work rate. Same. Zero effectiveness. Same. All right, that gives him a four. Is he better than Luke, 1991? Four seconds. I don't think so. No. Uh, Akeem, 1990? Uh, uh, no. Okay, but he's better than Boris Zukov, 1988, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Man, the Russians don't do super well in this list with us. That lands him as the 155th best appearance of all time. But the fun doesn't stop here on now entering the Royal Rumble. Now entering the Royal Rumble. Nasty boy, Brian Dobbs. Another sprint to the ring in 1991, screaming something incomprehensible. And all Piper can say is, that's a nasty fella. (laughs) And this is his debut, um, which is kind of rare. We don't get too many of this, like, pure rumble, like, where they hadn't even really been around. So, yeah, they had just jumped ship. And uh, so it's just him. He's the only nasty boy in the match as well. It almost felt like a replacement. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, He comes in fast. He's moving around, punching guys. He gets ganged up by seven and just beaten on. Uh, He survives a quick elimination attempt by Hogan. Uh, I'm sorry, in general. But then Hogan comes over and kicks him hard. Ends up with Anvil. They trade some strikes. Uh, He survives a Shane Douglas flurry, throws him out, and then goes right at Hogan until Bulldog clobbers him. 
Piper's like, that is one nasty fellow there. He says, go ahead and hit me in the face. And I kind of like it. Like, he he will not let go of that word nasty, Piper, for right. him. Yeah, he also backdrops Herc out really <laughs> early, too. Like, and it's strange to see this dude coming in and getting these eliminations. Yeah, it was odd. Like, they clearly had plans for the nasties, like, right away. Um, he messes with Hogan a bit as the field drips down, works with Earthquake. They dump Bulldog together. And before you know it, he's in the final three. Him and Quake methodically beat Hogan up until they screw up and Quake knocks him into the or knocks into him. And he takes a, a great bump off the Hogan big boot out of the ring. So, yeah, I love that. I thought this was pretty good, given it was his first match. And uh, out of nowhere, he comes in. He's wild. He's energetic, gets some eliminations, makes the final three, beats on Hulk Hogan. Pretty tough to, to top that as like a rumble debut for someone. No, I, especially like a complete unknown tag guy, right? Um, you got to kind of question teaming with Earthquake in the final two. I guess you're kind of damned if you don't, damned if you don't in that situation if you're knobs, right? Right. Like, yeah, what are you going to do? Like, could you align with Earthquake or Hogan? Yeah. <laughs> Either way. Although he does kind of align with Hogan in real life. I guess this is where their friendship blossomed from. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I don't know if it's. Yeah, I guess it started here. I also get the sense watching this that nobody liked this dude because like they beat the shit out of him. Haku chops him right in the throat at one point. Like, Dave, again, it might be a new guy ribbing, you know? Yeah, maybe. Um, he, I find that knobs in 91 is a really great contrast to like a guy like crush. Whereas like crush came in, was in there 18 minutes and felt like a slog. Like the whole time knobs is in there, he's doing something and he's full of energy. Yeah, I mean, he's constant movement. Yeah. So 10 minutes, three eliminations. I'm at a three for presentation. I thought this was, a, like you said, a very good debut. Yep, agreed. Three for work rate? Uh, yes, agreed. He was working his ass off in there. And I'm at a four for effectiveness. I, I Excuse me, a three for effectiveness. I went four. I mean, let me see you guys in 10 minutes. Makes the final three in his debut. Got to attack Hogan and beat on him. Looks strong overall. It was a nice showing. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. I think my three is probably equal to your four. All right. So that's a 19, which ties him with. I already did 19 today. Yeah. Is he better than Crush 95? No. No. So is he better than Savage 94? Yes. Okay. That lands him at 57. Not, not a bad run for a throwaway Brian Knobs appearance. Right. But that is not his final appearance. It is not. He comes in again here to 1993 at number five. A couple of years later, this is the flip now, like two years later at the very end of their run. Their faces here. 93, uh, they, by the way. Yeah, 93. Uh, so he'd be only here for another few months. I think they leave like in May or so. April, yeah. May. Uh, they get suspended around Mania. And then they never come back. So he gets a nice pop, though. He goes right to DiBiase. That's the big feud. And it seems at this point like that's going to be the Mania title match, too. Money, Inc. and the Nasties right. is building that way. So it seems like they're hyping that. He goes right at Flair. With a wild Flair. house cleaning. Really good energy. Um, and but Bobby says he's going to run out of gas at this pace. Yeah. Uh, he were almost you, throws Flair out. Were you too. aware that in our spreadsheet we listed the guy who eliminates him as Turd DiBiase? Uh, that's fine. Given how most of his pay-per-view outings go. Yeah, an interesting typo. 
Okay. Well, he almost throws out Flair, which is an interesting almost elimination. Uh, yeah. He's got good anger with fighting DiBiase, and he's in there with the legends. He's in there with Backlund, Flair, and DiBiase, which is kind of cool. Um, Nob stays mainly with DiBiase, gets a pit stop in, just a lot of bruising offense. Turns to Flair when DiBiase goes to Virgil, but that's when his night ends as DiBiase dumps him easily. So, again, I thought this was fine. He's got some energy and fire, plays into a big feud with Money, Inc. Got some spotlights since the ring was thinned out, and I thought he made the most of what he had for time. Yeah, I didn't mind it. Um, I, I, Virgil's got to be his worst partner, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Um, and he's pretty stupid running at Ted, who just like ducks down and pulls the rope. But yeah, good energy. I just felt the nasties felt so much less important by this point. But I mean, they'd been there two years, and what are you really going to do with them? Uh, I'm at a one for presentation. Uh, I went to again. I, I feel like they were the top face tag team at this point. The Steiners had just come in. Mega Maniacs weren't around yet. So this is pretty much them. And they're setting up what's going to be the Mania tag title match. I think they do hype them a bit. Yeah, and then they take that away from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm at a two for work rate. I like this flurry. I thought his energy was fun. Same. But zero effectiveness. Yeah, I mean, yes, he doesn't do anything. <laughs> All right, that gives him seven. Uh, so is he better than DiBiase 92? Uh, no. Warrior 88? No. Butch Reed 88? Uh, no. Artel 93? No. Jake Roberts 97? No. Janetti 90? No. Better than Douglas 91, though? Yes. Okay. That lands knobs. 93 is the 143rd best Rumble appearance of all time. Okay. All right. One guy left. Now entering the Royal Rumble. Tugboats or Typhoon. demean him in any way that earlier in the match Gorilla goes, hey, the big guy, toot toot, tugboat. <laughs> uh, he comes in number 30 and he runs. In 1991. And, and if anyone was in the way of that run, they would be killed. <laughs> yes, he was chugging out like a real tugboat. Uh, <laughs> he goes right at Earthquake uh, with a big body block for a heavy throw down in the corner. Tugboat leans on Martel in the corner, hoists him up, but he can't finish him off. They're talking about Savage instead of Tugboat the whole time, too. Yeah, because they realize that he's the one that's not there. So what a disappointment. Like, I know it's like Savage or Tugboat and you get Tugboat. (sighs) He works with Bulldog. They struggle to finish Martell together. Hogan ends up beating on the Tugger in the corner. uh, But Tugger turns it around and splashes Hogan and almost throws him out. He pitches him over the corner. But Hogan hangs on, comes back and throws out his buddy from behind. This was one Hogan one that was justified. Yeah. For sure, because Tugboat struck first. And you got to finish that job. If you're that close to eliminating Hulk Hogan in a yeah, rumble. you got to kick him or something. You have to finish it. You can't just walk away like an idiot. Um, the Hogan stuff was memorable. The throwdown with Quake was fine. But he looks like an idiot for not finishing Hogan off. Of course. Uh, for sure. Especially the way Hogan just marches across the room to throw him out. 
Like, and I love too when Hogan throws him out. Piper goes, "All right!" Like Hogan just balanced some some form of cosmic justice here. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Even even when Hogan like when Hogan and him go at it, and Tugboat defends himself, the crowd boos. Like I, I was like, but Hogan attacked him, and I don't understand how he and Bulldog can't get Martell out. I know it's weak. He's a weak man for a big man. <laughs> well, that's the shit. Like, Bulldog's powerful, so, like, does Tugboat have, like, negative strength? Like, right, yes. Negative energy pulling him down. Yeah. Um, I, the character of Tugboat is such a weird little snapshot of the era. Like, what is he? Is he a person who likes boats? Is he a boat? <laughs> did, did they think He's as big like a boat, I guess. Is that what it's meant to be? Yeah, then they put him in white and stripes. Like, nothing, nothing about this is in any way appropriate. For someone you want cheered. No, it's it's a stupid gimmick. It's, you know, and then they have the rumors around this time as he was going to turn heel instead of slaughter and do the. God, would he have joined with Iraq? I guess. Yeah, I think that was the plan. I don't know. Um, But at least they the typhoon switch was much needed by the middle of the year. Yes. Uh, I'm at a one for presentation for this. Yeah. yeah, uh, I gave him a two. I mean, he is going in there against Hogan. Um, that's a one. All right, I'll change it. You're putting it a one? <laughs> I gave him a two for creativity, though, because he does do the throwdown with Hogan. I did like the showdown with Quake, so I'll give him that. Uh, I'm at a one also, and I'm at a zero for effectiveness. Uh, yeah, yeah, I gave him the one for effectiveness. The Hogan stuff is memorable. He almost throws him out, even though he looks dumb. Hogan marches across the room like an angry father. All right. That gives him a total of six. Is he better than Rick Martel 1994? No. Ronnie Garvin 1989. No. Honky Tonk Man 1989. Uh, no. Jim Duggan 2009. No. <laughs> Jim Duggan 2012. No. 1995. Maybe. 95? Yeah, okay. He's better than that. All right. 151st. <laughs> but, toot toot. Oh, God. Toot toot. But no nope. more toot toot. Finish this fucking marathon. 1993. Yeah. And he comes at 21 as Typhoon or Tugboat or Typhoon or Buffoon as Bobby does his classic botch as he comes in. Um, and he says, the last time he moved this fast, he was at a buffet, so just burying him <laughs> off the gate. He goes right to in Demento. Weirdest reaction ever, too. Like, it's like they yell, like they're like, yeah, and then they go dead silent. Yeah, they just don't care. Yeah. Uh, he spends a bunch of time with Demento in the corner. He stumbles over the ropes when IRS scratches at him. And then he lays on the ropes as Backlund tries to throw him out. Stammers in the corner as Bob's sucking wind, or he's sucking wind as Bob's just laying on him in the corner. He ends up mixing it up with Backlund, Samu, and Demento, but accomplishes nothing. He gets doubled up on and spends so much time laying around. I mean, Earthquake comes in. He cares so little about having him around to help. He just goes right at him. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't even really care that he could have a t- teammate in this match. Um, they squish in the corner. Typhoon barrels into him, but Earthquake ducks and just throws him out. So this is a boring, weak-ass performance. Uh, outside of the earthquake showdown and the official end of the national disasters just did nothing at all besides the yeah. disaster coming to an well, end. And even when they fight, they're just ramming their bodies into each other. Right. 
it's nothing. And I love when Quake eliminates him. He kind of shrugs like what, like he had no choice. And he said that. I think he even says I had no choice. Right. But like what was wrong with working with him until everyone else was out? <laughs> Why was that not the choice at all? Right. Yeah, it's it's weird. I think Quake just hated him at this point. That's my guess. He was so sick and tired of him as a teammate. He's like fucking had it. <laughs> Go be a stormtrooper in WCW. Get the fuck out of my face. It's like, it's sick of my him. life. I'm sick of talking about him. Uh, so let's go. Uh, presentation, I gave him a fucking zero. Like it's, he just looks like a goof and doesn't do anything of note. Yeah, I'm gonna knock that down to zero. Also, yeah, what are you doing? I mean, come on. I don't know. I felt bad. I got a one for creativity. I guess for the Quake stuff. Yeah, that was fine, but otherwise nothing. And then uh, zero no, for effect. That's not in any way. I think he's in two. Uh, is he better than Hercules 1992? <laughs> Hold on, let's start at the bottom for the teams, because yeah. is he better than Jimmy? Let's, let's put him ahead of the two snookas. Yep, of course. Okay, is he, he's better than JYD88, because that was just disappointing. Yep. He's better than Honky Tonk Man 98, because that was 20 minutes. Oh, God, yes. He's better than Davey 2000, because that was also almost 20 minutes. That was brutal, yeah. Is he better than Haku 91? No. There we go. 176. <laughs> Fitting. All right. Well, this is quite the installment, Aaron, uh, but we got through a glut of guys that we needed to get through because we have a solo spotlight in two weeks to kick off 2022, uh, which I think is fitting that it'll be our first episode of the new year. It's a big one. It's Royal Rumble month, January. Um, I think we have a lot of cool stuff to dig into with this one. So I'm really looking forward to it. I would agree. And I'm looking forward to it, too. Um, just for the sake of uh, anybody who's listening the first time, let's just very quickly go through our top 10 for each of the both performances and uh, performers. All right. Okay. Uh, so top 10 Roman performances. Nothing changed. But number 10, Rick Martel, 1991. Number nine, The Undertaker, 2007. Number eight, Bret Hart, 1994. Number seven, Ultimate Warrior, 1990. Number six, Hulk Hogan, 1990. Number five, Shawn Michaels, 1996. Number four, The Undertaker, 2002. Number three, Shawn Michaels, 2007. Number two, Hulk Hogan, 1989. And number one, Shawn Michaels, 2010. Holding on. Now, as our performers, you have to have been in a minimum of three Royal Rumbles, and it's an average of everything you've done. Uh, Just to give you some context, Crush doesn't make our top ten. We have done, so far, of the people we've done, 32 people have qualified. And Crush lands at number 16. He's the only one who has enough rumbles to land, so that's at 16. Mm-hmm. So middle of the pack for Crush feels about right. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. Yep. I, we like the strategy. Just a couple of soft ones drag him down at the beginning and end. That's it. Uh, so our top 10 overall rumble performers. Number 10, Davey Boy Smith. Number 9, Jake the Snake Roberts. Number 8, Mr. Perfect. Number 7, Ted DeVathy. Number six, Roddy Piper. Number five, Macho Man Randy Savage. Number four, Brett the Hitman Hart. Number three, The Undertaker. Number two, greatest of all time, Shawn Michaels. And number one, uh, Royal Rumble performer to date is the immortal Hulk Hogan. So again, that top ten makes sense, but I think next time we're going to have a challenger to some of these guys. Mm-hmm. 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 Woo. Bop.